your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, 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 yes. Jackson, you threw me off with the uh, beats. Yeah, it's a different one. I kind of like this one. Though. Okay, yeah. It's uplifting on a depressing day. Welcome into Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan uh, on the ones and twos action Jackson, and we will get right into it here on the show. We will be joined by Peter Bob, the athletic who covers the avalanche. Uh, that's coming your way at 10 five and we welcome you to get involved in the show in any way you would like texting in six, five, seven, eight, zero, the air comfort service text line, and you can leave a Rhino Shield mic drop. And uh, Jackson, uh, maybe we'll be loaded for bear and get some of those in today. We've played one in the five months we've been doing the show. Yeah, but it was a really good one. So I yes. feel like we're leaving the audience wanting more and just feeling good about everything. Well, we're getting better at teasing. Uh, for the record, I don't know if you can tell if you're listening, but I am doing the show from my basement today. Uh, and uh, that is because uh, my wife and our four-month-old both have COVID and in what is a preventative measure, even though I have tested negative and uh, my uh, older son has tested negative, we're kind of off to the side and I didn't want to expose uh, potentially anybody in the studios or in the offices. Uh, so that is why I'm doing the show from my house. Maybe you can tell, maybe you can't tell. I don't know. On TMA, we're on YouTube, so everybody could tell there. Either way, there is the reasoning. Let's get right to it. The Blues lose last night. And uh, there are a variety of different elements to this game. Billy Husso was bad. I think uh, candy coating it would be disingenuous. And this is hashtag honesty and media. Yeah, uh, so that's that's just got to be said. A couple of those shots at the very least need to be stopped. The Blues as a whole were absolutely outplayed. Uh, I think saying anything otherwise would be disingenuous also. And uh, really here over the last five months, it would be difficult to spin it any other way. Uh, both Stan Kroenke and Nazem Kadri have uh, really shoved it up the backside of St. Louis. There's uh, no other way to say it. Uh, Kroenke moves out of here, gets the settlement, uh, and uh, doesn't go to trial, then wins the Super Bowl in the building that he took the team out of uh, St. Louis to build. And uh, and then a few months later, uh, his Colorado Avalanche were on the verge of eliminating the Blues, and the guy that St. Louis uh, has uh, been oh so not very fond of over the last few days has a hat trick in putting the Blues uh, in this position. 
it's been pretty rough. And to say anything else, I think would be uh, just lying to the audience, Jackson. So let's let's be honest with what's going on here. Honesty and media. We just we, we we're not going to sugarcoat anything. You're going to get the straight skinny from us. Um, I, I, when it comes to sports, as I think I've said, and and you know maybe that's why. Uh, I don't, I, when it comes to actually doing like what is considered sports talk radio in 2022, eh, I don't know because I can't really get worked up about 99% of the things at this point in my life, at this point in my career with regards to what takes place on the ice, on the field, on the court, uh, on the course, whatever. It just, it, it because I think in most cases people are doing their best. I mean, whether they're doing their best for their team, the city they're representing or themselves, it would be counterproductive to, to not. So therefore for me, as somebody who was cut from the football team, the basketball team and baseball team to act like I know better, just that would be an incredible lack of self-awareness. So for the purpose of transparency, that's kind of my, uh, my mission is to just be straightforward with you. But one thing that does get me going, and I could do three hours on this without a commercial break, is how how take your pick of really, for the most part, anywhere you can find it. And that is just people in media lying to you. Um, and I'm sure immediately people start thinking of politics. And that's fine, because that's certainly my opinion about 30 or so years ago where it started. Uh, and, and it was the first domino to fall in the American dialogue and then in turn the division, but you can also see it in sports. And I thought one of the most eye-opening columns I read on last night's game kind of didn't really have a whole lot to do with the game itself. And it was posted by Ben Fredrickson of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch this morning, I was up in, in reading a variety of columns. Like I said, Peter Baugh, the athletic, is going to be our guest at 1035. He's a St. Louis guy. I went to the University of Missouri Journalism School. Jackson, you guys have some mutual friends since yeah. we're about the same about the same age. And I follow him on Twitter. And I know he's been on 101 ESPN throughout the course of this series. Uh, so I was reading his stuff, reading Ben Fredrickson's stuff, reading the Post-Dispatch, reading all over the place, as I do before TMA and before Balloon Party. And this is what Ben Fredrickson wrote. Uh, Jared Bednar earned a game four victory and then scored a win for common sense right after that. Not quite as good of a night as Nazem Kadri, but considering the emotionally charged circumstances, not far behind. The Colorado Avalanche coach, after his team's 6-3 win against the Blues at Enterprise Center on Monday night, expressed how proud he was of Kadri's stellar performance after such a chaotic trip to St. Louis. What he didn't do was accept an invitation to tee off on St. Louis, Blues fans, and Coach Craig Berube. And boy, was the invitation offered. Uh, and then Ben sets it up uh, by uh, saying the following. Bedner said he wasn't sure how Kadri would respond in Game 4. Kadri played big, crediting Berube with providing him extra motivation by referencing his track record of dirty hits. After the Biddington collision, the Blues, after talking a lot about not letting Kadri get into their heads, couldn't help themselves. They challenged Kadri to a fight early. He passed. They skated into his trap, responding to his shove of David Perron with a rebuttal that landed two Blues in the penalty box, a sequence that helped set up on Kadri's three game four goals. But Bednar did not let the emotions of this series get the best of him after a game four win, gave his team three chances to beat the Blues once. 
It could have been easy to do, though, considering a couple of the questions he fielded in his postgame press conference. Perhaps you think I'm exaggerating. You be the judge. Here was one of the questions. This is from a reporter. Uh, I've been texting with Ben Fredrickson of the Post-Dispatch this morning because when I read this, I, I, for real, I couldn't believe what I was reading. This is one of the questions the head coach of the Avalanche received last night. I don't, and it came, by the way, from uh, the Denver Post, for the record. I don't want to be extreme, but is it safe to say that this is, for humanity, that this is a perfect example of good defeating evil in a way? Mm. I like how he starts it with, I don't want to be extreme. Right. <laughs> and then proceeds this to be extreme. effing industry. If I were with you in the studio, Jackson, uh-huh. you know what I'd be doing right now? Throwing something. I'd be throwing the water bottle across. the. But I wouldn't be done. I'd need to have a potpourri of water bottles at my disposal. Yep. And then the next one. This morning, Craig Berube didn't really well. He didn't have a comment about the racist stuff that was going around online. Do you think he made a mistake by not trying to defuse it? Mm. Oh, oh! now I've already talked about this once, like two hours ago on TMA, but now I'm revisiting it. And yet still it gets me angry. Now the blues losing bothers me. It bothers me, but it doesn't anger me. And I'm not saying if you are angered by it, that you're out of line. Maybe I should be angry about it. I don't know, but I'm just telling you my honest emotions on things. But reading this crap angers me. Because what it does is it manipulates hockey plays and turns them into narratives to then represent people that had nothing to do with it, ranging from Craig Berube and the fans of St. Louis. That's what we're that's what we're now turning, which essentially, by the way, politically, is you have good versus evil. If on your one side, you're on the good side. If you're on the other side, you're on the evil side. Take your pick. It goes both ways. And in this case, now the St. Louis Blues and the people of St. Louis are bad and the people of Denver and the Colorado Avalanche are good. I, I have no idea how we've arrived here outside of it'll get people clicking. And in my case, I've fallen victim to it. I'm David Perron. I'm Buchnevich. I fell victim to it myself. But my God, does it piss me off. And I know most people aren't talking about it. But this is what has me worked up this morning. And then I'll get into the hockey stuff at some point here. Now, to Bedner's, to Bedner's credit, this is what he says about it. It's not St. Louis Blues fans. Uh, said Bedner, who, for the record, was the head coach of the Peoria Rivermen from 2010 to 2012. It's a couple people, you know, or more than a couple people that made the negative comments that you don't like to see. But that's not a reflection of St. Louis fans. I spent time here as part of the organization. It's just not. And then Bedner defended Bruby, perhaps in part because he remembered he also no commented the threat topic Monday morning before game four. And this is what Bedner said, quote, here's why I'm sitting here in front of the mic. And lots of times I get asked all types of questions people want a response to. It's not my obligation or Baruby's obligation to have a comment about every question outside of hockey people want to ask us. It's not our player's obligation either, you know. But if you say no comment, then you get a bad reputation. We are here to coach hockey. Yeah, we talk about life and we talk about all those things. We are certainly supporting Kadri. They're trying to win a playoff series and so are we. If you asked him off the record sometime, he would probably say, yeah, he didn't like the comments. But I don't think you were obligated to comment on everything because people want your opinion on it. You can ask. It doesn't mean I have to answer. Same thing with him. If you want to take the opportunity to speak your mind and give your feelings on it and opinions on it, great. But if you don't, then it's no comment. But people always turn the no comment into that you don't care or that you're not empathetic. And I don't think that's true. 
That's the head coach of the Colorado Avalanche swatting down. Do you think that this is a case of good defeating evil and then also Craig Berube and insinuating that he was not empathetic to the racist comments uh, that were made toward Nazem Kadri on social media and per the Colorado Avalanche that led to the St. Louis Police Department being contacted. Good for the head coach of the Colorado Avalanche. Tip of the cap, especially following an emotionally charged game. Great deal of respect for that. First class, as a matter of fact, um, because he's exactly right. You know, it's it's what what I've noticed in, in this is I don't know when it started, Jackson. It it probably because it wasn't start it wasn't this way when I started in television in 1999, uh, and I feel like it's maybe been over the last decade. Somehow, people who are in sports are now also expected to be poli sci majors or experts on sociological Uh issues or economics. And in reality, we just got into sports because we liked it, but that doesn't qualify us to be pontificating on racial relations or on politics or, or in my case, like I said, I got cut from everything. How in the hell am I going to talk about from an expert perspective on what went on there and then criticize somebody who didn't do the job, a job that I couldn't personally do. I can talk. That's what I can do. And I can make observations like a fan can. And that's what I'm going to do. But a head coach is a head coach of a hockey team not an expert on race relations. And do you think deep down Craig Berube is like, man, I'm sure am glad that a few anonymous people on Twitter sent racist messages to Nazim Kadri. I just don't want to comment to say that I'm supportive. of That's BS. Yeah. And now you're going to paint him with the brush that he's a bigot. F that man. So good for Bedner when that when it like Ben Fredrickson wrote, the opportunity was there. He could step on the Blues' throat right there. The thing is, his hockey team's already doing it. And so, you know, Blues fans may remember following the hand pass. You had Burns, Thornton, and Carlson all sitting there smugly, and Carlson's joking about the hand pass. We're not here to play handball, are we? I think we're playing hockey. And Barubi and Petrangelo didn't say anything. You know why they didn't say anything? Why they didn't engage? Because they knew they were the superior team. And those three guys could sit there and think that they stole one and that they were going to win the series. But inside the room, they said, you know what? They can try to get us going. When it's all said and done, we're going to beat these guys. And they went out and they won the next three. And half the Sharks didn't even come to St. Louis for game six because they knew it was coming. They had gotten their asses beat so badly. In this case, unfortunately for us in St. Louis, the shoe is on the other foot. And the Avalanche know they're the better hockey team. And so, yeah, they certainly could say some things. But in reality, the Blues are just a team that they're going to try to shake off on Wednesday night and then move on to the conference finals, and they're not going to engage in it. So the Blues fired their shot, and they just go, okay, that's fine. Thank you for the power play. Thank you for the five-on-three. We're going to get on out of here with a win because when it's five-on-five, you guys just don't have it, and we do, and that'll wrap things up. That, I think, is the attitude of the Colorado Avalanche. From the standpoint of being a Blues fan right now, it's incredibly disheartening because at the very least, the Blues were outplayed substantially in games one and games four. Uh, Even though somehow, score-wise, one of them went to overtime and one of them, it felt like the Blues had the momentum going into the third period last night. But the reality is the Blues are up against a superior team. The thing that sucks about it from a Blues standpoint is this. Before Jordan Bennington got hurt, the Blues are up 1-0 in a 1-1 series. And yeah, 
on paper, if the Blues and Avalanche, with Jordan Bennington healthy, play 10 times, the Avalanche might win seven or eight of those series. But in this series, but in this series, the Blues were up one nothing, dominating play in the first period of game three. And that is when Nazem Kadri ran into Jordan Bennington. Now, in Colorado, they say he didn't run him. In St. Louis, they say he did run him. Around hockey, the debate goes on and on, although I would say it would be disingenuous yet again to say that more people than not are saying it was an accident. But here's the thing. I think one can be uh, condemning of the DMs that were sent to Kadri, to his wife, to some of the things you may have seen online, to any threats that were made, but then also at the same time say Craig Berube talking about his reputation is not out of line because it is real. And it just happened a year ago with Justin Falk. As a matter of fact, Nazem Kadri is so conscious of, of his reputation that he wrote a column in the Players' Tribune three weeks ago talking about how he's trying to change his reputation. So if Nazem Kadri wants to call that Bolton board material, be my guest, I'm just curious why it's so bad for Craig Berube to talk about your reputation when you wrote a column three weeks ago on your own in the Players' Tribune about you having a bad reputation and you just ran a goalie with a 950 save percentage at the time. So understandably, if the shoe were on the other foot and let's say the Avalanche had a goalie who was in the position to possibly steal a series and the Blues had a guy with a reputation like Kadri, Tom Wilson, take your pick of whomever, and he knocked out that player, he knocked out that goaltender, I would understand if fans in Denver were really pissed off about it. But I wouldn't be supportive of fans if they were going after him in DMs. I don't give a damn if the guy is white, black, Lebanese. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make it right. And by the way, I think St. Louisans were pretty pissed off at Nick Kiprios 20-plus years ago when a black goaltender in St. Louis was run in Grant Fuhrer. So this whole thing with calling St. Louis bad and Denver good, or the fans of St. Louis racist because they're condemning Kadri, that's BS, and it's a convenient narrative to attach to something that's simply about hockey. And yes, you will have a handful of hilljacks in any community who will take it to the level that some do via Twitter. Oh, somebody acted like an ass on Twitter. Breaking news. Let's let's associate an entire hockey team, a head coach, an entire region as being a bunch of bigots. And we'll call them bad and we'll call us good because of what a handful of morons did. F that. That's not the way it works. The reality is you had a handful of people act like asses. And the reality is the Blues are getting beat by a better team. And the Blues at this point are hamstrung by a goalie who's not playing well, who's not really at this moment the best goalie on the team. But the best goalie's up in the press box. And the Blues don't have their full allotment of defense. And even if they did, they probably would lose to the Avalanche anyway. But that doesn't mean it's good over evil. And it doesn't mean the city of St. Louis is full of a bunch of bigots. It means that a handful of asses on Twitter acted like asses on Twitter, just like every other day that ends in Y. Jackson, I'm all worked up. I can't help it, but it pisses me off. No, it's good to be worked up about when things are working you up. You got to, you know, speak your truth. This is honesty in media, Tim. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk about this uh, in the next segment because I'm sure I'm late for a break, even though I'm in my basement and I don't have you telling me that I'm late for a break. I'm just looking at my refrigerator and my refrigerator is not telling me I'm late for a break. Well, it should be. Am I late are. for a break? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to tell my refrigerator to tell me. Uh, your thoughts are welcome. 65780. You can leave a mic drop. Rhino Shield mic drop. Peter Ball, The Athletic, coming up. You're listening to Balloon Party. I want to ESPN. 
We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you to the top of the hour. Then it's BK and Ferrario. Action Jackson Burkett is on the ones and twos. And uh, we welcome you to get involved anytime you would like. 65780 Air Comfort Service text line. And you are also welcome to leave a mic drop. That's presented by Rhino Shield. Coming up at 1035, we'll be joined by Peter Baugh of The Athletic. He covers the avalanche for The Athletic. And we will get the perspective of the Colorado Avalanche following last night's game. Uh, Jackson, we have uh, some of the sound. I was getting uh, all fired up, and I'm still fired up, to be honest with you, uh, about the coverage of the way that this thing has played out over the last few days. It really irritates me. It did like with the Cronky thing, taking the Avalanche and Cronky out of the equation when my hometown uh, gets labeled as a... Uh, a city that can't support sports teams like the way that Kroenke and Demoff painted St. Louis in a way to justify, which is a business move that I understand, honestly, and that is moving to Los Angeles when they had the opportunity to do so, but they did so, and St. Louis was part of the shrapnel, so piss on them. And now you have Kroenke's team back here, and because it's a convenient clickbaity narrative, now we're going to call St. Louisans a bunch of racists because a handful of asshats sent DMs to Nazem Kadri that I would imagine 99% of the people in St. Louis would never send nor would be on board with. But again, all of those things can be true and you can still go, boy, Nazem Kadri sure has a track record as a hockey player of being uh, suspended by the league. Now, is the league bigoted? Is the league bigoted? I don't think so. So when Craig Bruby said, well, just look at his reputation. You know, the, the head coach, the Blues, just saw his goaltender taken out for most likely the rest of the postseason, even if the Blues were to get past Avalanche, because of a play that probably didn't have to happen. And when Kadri said he was pushed into it, just from a physics standpoint, if you look at the replay, that is odd. But I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say maybe he just misspoke and said he bumped into him and he used the word push. Either way, fine. Now we go into this, Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, pull up the congratulations audio. Oh, if you, you got it. Uh, so I, I, you know, again, I, I chose to go into this business. I got nobody to blame, but myself, I did this to myself, but, uh, you know, I, I got into it cause I wanted to do Cardinals play by play. I didn't go into it because I wanted to heal the world. Somehow people in our industry now find themselves charged with taking stands on, uh, issues that really might not be going on. I mean, a guy skated into another guy and took out his knee and it didn't really have to become a UN issue. But now last night, Nazem Kadri sits down, and this was not on TNT. This is in the media center, in the press conference. And I've been doing this stuff since the 1990s and have been lucky enough to take your pick of whatever. I saw the Rams win an NFC championship when they were in St. Louis, saw the Blues win a number of different titles, whether it be President's Trophies, Playoff Series, and saw the Cardinals win World Series and was in the locker room for all these things. Never once did I go, hey, Kurt Warner, congratulations. You know, I mean, you have a job to do. Well, here's Nazem Kadri after he won uh, game four last night. Here is, listen closely to the reporter uh, opening things up. Uh, here, here you go. I think everybody here would probably like to congratulate you, Thank you. Yeah, thank you. 
Yeah, now some cadre's like, oh, thank you for the congratulations. Are you are you part of the team now? I didn't see your sweater out there. So the reporter opens up the press conference by congratulating Nazem Kadri. That's where we are. So, you know, Nazem Kadri then goes on to talk about after he was taken aback by the congratulations, perhaps more so than the water bottle on on Saturday. Uh, this is what he had to say uh, regarding his inspiration for last night's performance and his hat trick in the Avalanche's win. And I needed some fuel and, you know, I was uh, pretty upset, you know, for the last uh, you know, couple of days, but you know, it is what it is. We got the win. That's what we wanted. How much you know upset now? What, what, uh, what really took you out of that Um, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, starting with their head coach, probably, you know, he, uh, he made some comments that, you know, I wasn't a fan of and, Guess he's never heard a bulletin board material. That's uh, Kadri referring to Craig Berube's comments, inspiring him following the game last night, and Berube's comments following Game Three when he said, "Well, just look at his reputation. That's all I have to say." But it's accurate. And again, I want to point this out: Nazem Kadri himself wrote a column in the Players Tribune. His own words talking about how he is aware of his reputation and how he wants to change it. Jared Bednar himself said he's met with Kadri talking about wanting to change his reputation. Craig Berube said, look at his reputation. What did Craig Berube do that was so out of line? And, and by the way, listen, Nazem Kadri had three goals. You can't take that away from him. God bless America. If it were a member of the Blues who did that, we'd be singing his praises. So we have to maintain some semblance of self-awareness here. But also... The, 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 the first goal was a product of a turnover, and it's a two-on-one, and you have a goaltender not protecting the post, and that's how one of them went in. The other one was a brilliant pass, and I can barely stand up on skates, but I think I would have been able to hit that open net. So this is kind of turning into, you know, Joe Namath made a guarantee, and look what he did last night. And it, it, we're, we're, we're getting a little too caught up in something that uh, I think is some form of revisionist history on what took place. Again, one can make that observation all while saying what anybody who can who went after him on DMs was out of line. But you can also say he's got a reputation for being a problem on the ice. This goes back years and years and years. And if he wants to say that inspired him, be my guest. But I think when we get down to it, I don't really think that's the truth. And all the while, the shame of it is, what started this was a play that took out the Blues to this date, best player in the series, and going back to game four of the Wild Series, their best player in general. And it certainly was a play that even if you're an Avalanche fan, you'd go, yeah, that was a little questionable. And he probably got his money's worth once he went flying into Bennington. I think that would be fair to say, even if you don't think his intent was to run him. I think that would be reasonable to say. Just like... By the way, David Perron with the flying elbow that was coming at Kadri last night after one of his goals. I think it would be difficult to try and condemn Kadri or condemn Spurgeon on Buchnevich in game one against the Wild, all while going, yeah, the, well, the, the Perron thing's okay. You know, you can't have one and then not have the other. But maybe people are able to reason it away. Beats the hell out of me. I'm giving you my honest opinion on this. But here is something that I think is important to hear because it even came from Nazem Kadri. Here is what he had to say regarding the fans and what he heard out there last night and how he makes a clarification on the fans of St. Louis. When you say racist, are you talking or extreme? Are you talking racist? 
uh, racial, threatening, all that, all that, all that good stuff. Uh, no, no, no. And I, you know, I know you and me and, and whatnot, but you know, that's, that's what being a fan is. You know, you want uh, as, a, as a home team and a home player, you want the fans on your side and, you know, heckling the other team, as long as it's, uh, you know, within the guidelines. Right. So I got no issues with that. You know, I know, uh, you know, what was said, you know, isn't a reflection on every single fan in St. Louis. Um, you know, I understand that and I want to make that clear, but, you know, for those that, uh, you know, waste their time sending messages like that, you know, feel sorry for them. So there's Nazem Kadri in his own words, acknowledging that he knows it's not the majority of the fans in St. Louis. Just wish some of the people covering the series would make, make that uh, more clear because right now we have people leading off press conferences with head coaches asking if this is an example of good over evil. All right, we will uh, take a break, come back with Peter Ball of The Athletic. Uh, he is a reporter, and uh, and we will get his opinion on what we have seen so far and some of the behind-the-scenes for the Avalanche as they have taken a 3-1 series lead on the Blues. That is coming up next. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for a Blues Playoff Report brought to you by Engineered Design Facilities, the number one commercial fire alarm service provider in St. Louis. Welcome back, 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you at the top of the hour. And then it's BK and Ferrario from 11 to 2. And then the fast lane from 2 to 6 with Jamie Rivers, Brad Thompson, and Anthony Stalter. It is our pleasure here on our Engineer Design Facilities Playoff Report to be joined by Peter Ball of The Athletic, who covers the Avalanche. Peter, good morning. Hey, how are you? I am very good. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy morning to join us. You are behind the scenes with the Avalanche, so you can give us the perspective on everything. I mean, it it didn't wind up being a classic, even though it certainly had the stage set for it with the Blues comeback in the second period, but the Avalanche shut them down in the third period, dominating play. But behind the scenes after the game, and you're interacting with some of the members of the, the team and the organization, my read, Peter, is that they have a great deal of confidence in this series, and therefore they're not really interested in engaging in anything with the Blues. They're just focused on trying to get to the Western Conference Finals as quickly as possible. Yeah, I mean, I think you saw that from the pretty early in the game when you saw Braden Shen. It appeared tried to engage Kadri in a fight. I haven't talked to Shen, obviously. I don't know. And Kadri didn't talk about that specifically, but I, Kadri immediately kind of shrugged that off, didn't want to get involved. These They're pretty focused on um, the game itself, and that's kind of what they said of, like, I think Kadri said after um, after the Perron and Buchnevich double minors that led to the five-on-three, he kind of said, like, look, they can take stupid penalties and we'll just make them pay. And that's kind of the revenge there, or the, the like, revenge that they prefer to take. I think a quote that, I, that I've heard from multiple people on the team, like in press conferences, including Bednar, the head coach, was uh, um, it's not about ego, it's about winning. And I've heard that multiple times in these press conferences, and I think that's kind of what they're trying to embody um, in these games. Yeah, and, and, and you can understand why. They have a, a greater goal. Of course, every team goes into it wanting to win the Stanley Cup, but there are probably only a handful who deep down at the outset really think they are going to 
and the Avalanche are one of those. Let's take let's take it back though to to Saturday night and the play that really was the the shot heard around the world, and that is Kadri into Bennington. The Blues are leading one nothing in a one one series. Um, if you're a Blues fan, most Blues fans think that Kadri ran him. If you're an Avalanche fan, and in fairness, I think a lot of people around hockey who have no allegiance to either team, they say, oh, I know he's got a bad reputation, but this one, I don't think he was really trying to do anything. Uh, that is a moment in this series, for better or for worse, and from the Blues standpoint, certainly for worse. From the perspective of the people with the Avalanche you've talked to about that play, what is what is their perspective, Peter? Yeah, well, I, I guess I'll start with I've talked to – it hasn't just been Avalanche people. I've talked to people nationally, people with other teams, just like kind of what they've thought of that play and if it was dirty or anything like that. And pretty universally what I've gotten is, is that it was a hockey play and they didn't have a problem with it. From the, the couple of people I've talked to plus like the national perspectives I've, I've seen online. So I know that's probably not like a super – popular belief in uh in st louis but i think no that, but it's accurate i i would agree with your yeah, assessment nationally like, like that just, that is the, the verdict the the puck was loose in front of the net and he was trying to get to the puck there was a collision i mean look kadri's a hard-nosed player like he's i don't think he was like afraid of contact but i don't think he in any way was like intending for that contact to result in a hit on bennington um and yeah, so regardless, the Avalanche have obviously shared that perspective. I when I brought up Baruby's comment about Caddy's reputation to Jared Bednar after the game on Saturday, I guess it was Game Three, he was like pretty visibly upset that uh, that Baruby said that, and Kadri was too. Kadri said after after the game yesterday, he said, "I guess I guess Baruby's never heard of bulletin board material," and uh, clearly, I think that maybe that was perhaps a misplay by. Ruby because the the Blues didn't seem like they were doing anything but respond to Nazem Kadri and Nazem Kadri didn't seem like he was doing anything but score and focus on the game. Yeah, and the, the thing that surprises me about and I get it because it makes for a great storyline uh, that the Blues took their shots and he responded with a hat trick and Colorado now has the, the Blues on their deathbed. But, I mean, you, you wrote a story, great story, by the way, major recommendation, on April 27th on The Athletic. Uh, and Kadri himself wrote in the Players' Tribune talking about his reputation and how the reason why he was shipped from Toronto was that he got suspended in back-to-back years. And then, of course, you had the Falk thing. So I feel like to not talk about his reputation would would be disingenuous especially when he himself sure. is talking about his reputation and he and his wife and your story are talking about his reputation and how it played a role in him getting shipped from toronto and this is a story that came three weeks before he ran into jordan Bennington. yeah i think they were frustrated that bednar insinuated or bednar that Bruby insinuated that the Bennington play was dirty because of his reputation when they like they meaning the avalanche players coaches cadre himself thought that it was a clean play of him going after the puck that had an unfortunate result right so i think that's why that that comment in particular struck a nerve yeah and i and i would i would suppose that's understandable from the st louis perspective uh because of what happened last year and in a play that cadre decided you know called a hockey play uh you know 
that it's fresh in Blues fans' minds and people around the game certainly uh, know what took place with Jake DeBrusque in, in 2019. With all of that, totally. uh, he... He has the game that he has last night. The Avalanche players and his coach are certainly thrilled to see him uh, perform at that level with everything on the line and considering the circumstances. If you could, because Peter, from my standpoint, we've seen some screenshots. His wife posted some screenshots. We've seen some screenshots of the DMs uh, he received that certainly were grotesque. As far as what brought the St. Louis Police Department's involvement in and, and that there were security in the building last night, additional security last night, are you aware of, of, of some of the things that went on that led to, to that? Because I don't, I, don't, I don't sense any way that I, I have a clear idea of, of what took it from Twitter trolls with, with racist overtones uh, or just being directly bigoted to the point where now the police are involved. Yeah, so I, I don't know specifics. I Akeem Alou, um tweeted out on Sunday that he had talked to Kadri and that, like, the police had had to get involved, something along those lines. So I reached out to the Avs. They gave a statement of pretty much saying that, yeah, they, they'd been in contact with the police to investigate threats against Nazem Kadri. So I don't know what those specific threats were. I don't know what medium they were on. I have seen on Twitter, I've seen – um, tweets that were certainly threatening and it's like it's one of those things where it's like could it is it just a like troll in their mom's basement or something like that maybe but also it's you can't like not take things seriously when they're of that nature so I don't know the specifics I've I've seen some threatening messages that were posted online uh, but I don't know which ones prompted added security but yeah there was from i think tsn reported added security at both the game and the hotel the abs were their statements said they were in contact with the police but i don't have a ton of specifics and i i don't know if i necessarily want to call attention to the or like even give the people a platform who made those threats a, or give the people who made those threats a platform by calling out the specifics no, I, I understand that from from a moral and ethical standpoint, but I was curious if there were anything concrete that you were aware of that brought the police in, because you know, getting getting hate mail, you probably get hate mail. You know, I, I've <laughs> I've been getting it forever. It's, it comes with the territory when you do anything that's in the public eye. But when it get, but I'm not calling the police about every one of them. So that's why I was curious uh, about uh, if if there was a specific one that led to security at the hotel and then also in the building last night. Final thought, Peter is Peter Baugh is our guest here for our Engineer Design Facilities uh, Blues Playoff Report, and he writes for The Athletic, and you can read his story on last night's game and also his feature on Kadri uh, at theathletic.com. I think if most Blues fans were being honest, uh, there there is there isn't much of an expectation at this moment that we will see the Blues playing hockey in St. Louis again until uh, preseason in September. In other words, I think the expectation is the avalanche end this thing tomorrow night. I'm sure Colorado would love to have a chance to rest up and get ready for the Western conference finals for the most part throughout the course of this series, the avalanche have dominated play. If there's one spot where the blues have had the advantage, it's on the power play. And that has been distinct. Uh, What is your assessment of, of where this series sits beyond the obvious of Colorado leading three to one? Why have the avalanche been able to at this point for the most part uh, outplay the blues period in and period out? Yeah, and I'm I'm not saying this 
to be like snarky or anything, but I think that the the difference is just that the Avalanche have better players. Like this is a really yeah. Sometimes it's that simple, man. Yeah, like it's it's a really well built team. It has depth. It has star power, and I mean, in pretty much every position, you can go down the list. The like the Avs are probably a more complete roster, and so I think that's a lot of it. I think they've stuck to their structure well. I think they're healthy which they weren't at points during the regular season, and now they are. So they kind of are firing on all cylinders. And, um, yeah, they've, I mean, as you said, it's kind of been a, they've taken it to them a little bit, and it's been a pretty lopsided series. Maybe St. Louis yes. has some, some push left. Um, we'll see. This would be, I mean, obviously they have the, the cards are against them at this point. Um, but it's definitely a, it'll be interesting to see. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We get a normal start time uh, tomorrow night of 7 o'clock Central. I guess it's 6 o'clock. Oh, thank God. Yeah, I'm so excited. In that glorious. uh, So I would love to see the Blues mount a comeback, of course. I recognize the people at Denver would like to see it wrapped up. Uh, Peter, you do a great job. I've enjoyed your coverage throughout this series. I know you are a St. Louisan and a University of Missouri Journalism School uh, graduate. I went to the University of Missouri Journalism School. I have uh, eight credit hours uh, left to knock out, <laughs> even though I'm 45 years old, so I got to get to work on that. Thank you so much uh, for your time, and uh, you've done a hell of a job. Congratulations on reaching this point earlier in your career. I appreciate uh, your time this morning, man. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thanks, Peter. Take it easy. Thanks, Peter. Take care. That's Peter Ball of The Athletic uh, with us here on Balloon Party 101. ESPN. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you t- you can't take out Bennington getting hurt. You can't take out the fact that Krug's not out there, just like you can't take out the fact that now Drawer's not out there for the Avalanche. Um, but this, the series has now become so much about uh, the Blues and Nazem Kadri, more so than what we were talking about on, you know, this time last week when we were getting ready for game one. And that is, this is historically one of the best rosters. Now, they haven't done a damn thing yet. They haven't gotten out of the second round uh, in 20 years. But roster-wise, this is a roster that in a decade or so, we may look back on and go, my God, look at all the talent the 2022 Colorado Avalanche had. Um, In a tinge of history repeating itself, we actually saw something like exactly what has played out play out Uh, 20 years ago. I will tell that story coming up on the other side of the break. You are listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Final segment of Balloon Party here. And uh, Jackson, I would imagine I'm on the clock, correct? Yeah. Yeah, you got two and a half minutes. Okay, I'll try to wax poetic uh, quickly here. If you missed any of the show, you can podcast it. Dobbs Tire and Auto Center podcast. Subscribe to Balloon Party. Download the 101 ESPN app, and it's always there for you. And uh, this show and TMA and my podcast and uh, really a program I think everybody in the 101 ESPN audience would love, Pepper and Genie is all there for you on the morning after STL app. So, Jackson, in 2002, you were four years old, correct? Yeah. Blues are taking on the Red Wings, a roster when if you call up uh, the roster from the 2002 Red Wings, you look at it and you go, oh, my God, all of those people were on one team. It is 
ridiculous when you look at the roster. And if I had a little more time, I would read the roster and you would go, oh my God, that was their team. Now, Blues fans of a certain age would be able to uh, remember just how good they were. They won the Stanley Cup. They beat the Blues in five games. Uh, it is a who's who. Jackson, you would even know like two or three people on this roster. Mm. It is a uh, who's who. Now, I know Steve Eiserman tripped you up before sure on did. the pronunciation, but he was uh, he was a part of that team. Brett Hall, Brendan Shanahan, both a part of that team. Uh, Chris Chelios, Pavel Datsuk. Uh, I'm just going through Sergei Fedorov, uh, Yuri Fisher, Dominic Hasek was in net. That was lovely. Uh, anyway, you get the, you get the idea. Um, uh, sure. I'm Luke Robitaille was on the team. It's just ridiculous that that was all on one team and you knew it in the moment, but then 20 years later you go, Oh my God. Well, here's a fun fact for no one tell the blues were actually dominating play in game four of a series. They trailed two to one and they were leading one to nothing. This is 20 years ago against a team that potentially we'll see what winds up happening. The 2022 Colorado Avalanche could draw comparisons to at some point down the line. Maybe, maybe not. Like I said, they haven't gotten out of the second round in 20 years. With that all said, Chris Pronger goes for a check on Steve Iserman, blows out his knee, and the Blues are then outscored 6-0 the remainder of that game. And the Avalanche, or excuse me, the Red Wings, uh, end things with a whimper in in Game 5 uh, over the Blues, and there really wasn't a whole lot to it. It was pretty much a foregone conclusion when things rolled around on May 11th that uh, it would be over and the Blues uh, lost that thing. So with that all said, with that all said, uh, the Blues once again have been dealt a brutal blow health-wise against a team that on paper, even the hardcore Blues fan, I think would acknowledge, is a better team. But just because you're the better team doesn't mean that you always win. And that is what was taken from the Blues on Saturday night. From my standpoint, Kadri got his money's worth once he went into Jordan Bennington. I know that if I were in Denver, I would be getting condemned. But I think if you've listened to the show over the last uh, few months, you know that I just tell you what I think, even if it's not going to be popular. And in this case, I think it was awfully interesting how he wound up being able to get so deep into the net, even though he was behind Callie Rosen on the play. Uh, and so I would have loved to have seen what would have happened in this series with a healthy Jordan Bennington. Tory Krug, that goes without saying, but you saw the Blues rattle off three wins in a row against the Wild without Krug, and you saw the Blues Whittle rattle off three wins in a row with Jordan Bennington, and then Jordan Bennington played perhaps his best game in the loss in game one. And then the Blues were off to a great start in game three, outplaying the Avalanche, up one nothing, and then you have what happened to Bennington. So it's incredibly unfortunate. It truly reminds me of what happened with the Blues and Red Wings 20 years ago because comparatively speaking, I think this is the best team the Blues have seen in the playoffs since that 2002 Red Wings team. And I think the Blues were in a position to somehow steal this series. Uh, maybe they can make a ridiculous comeback. If you think that's going to happen, you ought to get your numbers right now in because the Blues are plus 1,500 to win the series. The Avalanche are minus 3,000. Uh, here's my biggest thing. If the Avalanche beat the Blues, it's not good over evil. It's a hockey team that's damn good beating another hockey team that's decimated by injuries. Nothing more, nothing less. Add your narratives, manipulate the minds on social media, and go get your likes. But if you could... 
remember your integrity. That's going to do it for Balloon Party. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This is 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.